Oh, Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, good one. It does take you a second, but once I think it's Waylon Jennings. Once he starts, oh yeah. You turn it up. Yep. <laughs> so I recall. Dukes of Hazard being on Friday nights at nine o'clock growing up. Wow, you remember when they were on? I just remember the uh, uh, what do you call it when it goes into rerun, the syndication of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I loved it as a kid. Yeah, Boss Hog. Boss and what Hogg. was the what was the sheriff's deputy name? Leroy Ro- or Roscoe? Ro- Roscoe Pico Train? Was that it? Yes. <laughs> I loved Roscoe. He was such a dweeb. <laughs> oh, he was great. And uh, Uncle Jesse and... Uh, Uncle Jesse, the, yep. Of course, Bo and Luke. Yep. And uh, most most kids would... Uh, most most boys would pick Bo or Luke. You know, which yeah. one are you? Which one are you? Yeah. And I always... Just the way they would run and then slide over the trunk mm-hmm. of... Uh, of the car oh so cool yep and i wanted a car whose doors didn't open <laughs> their doors didn't open they literally did not open which just made it even cooler yeah yeah they had welded that thing shut jump in <laughs> well, through the window well welcome everybody to joel and rob's podcast we are caught up on we make the road by walking took us a few weeks but we're caught up uh, and so we are still going to keep this going. So once a week, we'll explore a chapter of McLaren's book. And uh, our second podcast of the week, we're going to explore something else. Uh, and so for today, Rob and I thought we would explore the practice and observance uh, and remembrance of Sabbath. And so um, months ago, uh, In We Make the Road by Walking, we got to the section of scripture where Brian was exploring the Ten Commandments. And the um, commandment, it's actually, and we'll get into it in a second, but uh, I believe the Bible says there, remember the Sabbath, um, as opposed to the other commandments that have an explicit kind of do not to them. Um, We went off on a little tangent And um, of the Ten Commandments, we kind of veered off for a solid 15 minutes or so on the Sabbath. And I heard from a couple people who said how much that was meaningful to them. And so in the back of my mind, I said, we need to come back to this uh, and explore it a little more. Um, And also, I think Sabbath speaks to us right now. I think it's, it's timely because we are... Um, being forced to somewhat slow down and rest, and that's what Sabbath is inviting us into. Um, and yet at the same time, even though we are working from home and the schedule we're on has changed, I'm finding, though, we can still still somewhat be as busy as we always have been um, and, and not slow down a little bit, but also take an intentional day and, um, 
to rest and worship. We're going to talk a little, a little bit about what what we believe that to, to mean, what the invitation is for us there. So um, we're going to explore Sabbath today. And so um, let's begin by talking a little bit about what is Sabbath and what is the Sabbath day? Yeah, it's, a, it's actually a good question, just what is Sabbath? Because it's been interpreted in different ways. Um, it comes out of the Hebrew tradition. Yep. Uh, the Christian understanding of Sabbath can't be extrapolated from the Hebrew uh, understanding of it because it comes through, as you said, the Ten Commandments when God commanded the Hebrew people to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to remember that the commandments were not really as we tend to interpret them as strict laws or rules because God is a dictatorial God who wants us to follow these strict steps. Uh, the law and particularly the Ten Commandments are, are kind of guideposts by which to orient our lives. Mm-hmm. We are going to, to see the life that God intends us to live. Yes. Uh, and so the Sabbath, uh, is a reminder that even way back when, in a very uh, agrarian society where you literally had to work every single day simply to put food on your table. Um, it was still essential to have a day of rest, but not just simply rest. It was also to be a day of worship and a day of remembering who and whose you are. Mm-hmm that you can realize that life is more than work. Life is more than the tedious details that tend to make up each and every day as we, as we go. Yep. Life is actually much bigger than that. Uh, and there's a source of life that we need to keep our perspective focused on. Yes. We're going to live that life fully as God intends. Uh, and so Sabbath is, is really, uh, a reminder that, um, if we don't take time, if we don't set aside time in our week, uh, every week to rest and recenter and refocus ourselves, then we will lose sight of who and whose we truly are. Yep. And so you nailed it with the Ten Commandments. That's where it's most well known. But we could also take a step back and we find it in the very opening words of the Bible in Genesis. Yeah. Where God creates um, uh, God creates in six days and on the seventh day, God rests, which is a fascinating section of that story. Um, and I think we kind of marvel at what God does in the beginning of creating all the different elements of the universe and the earth. Then it gets to the end and God stops and God admires what God has done and rests and takes a day to do nothing. And so this is where what I love about the scriptures, it's trying to kind of look at what's underneath just a literal reading of the scriptures. What we were talking about with Brian on Sunday is, yes, we see all this creation being done by God, but then we also see the writers of 
Genesis describing this rhythm that we are invited to participate in. Um, this rhythm of working for six days and then stopping for a day and simply being. Um, uh, and I, I've, I heard one commentator describe it as God stopped and then enjoyed the world that he had created, right? God, yeah. God stopped and admired, look at what I have done. The vastness of the universe, this, this earth that is teeming with life, and now I'm going to sit and rest and slow down. Yeah, God putting God's hands behind the head and just being like, "Yes, this is a blessing." Yes. So there is. I think what the writers of beginning with Genesis are saying is that there is this rhythm that we are invited to enter into throughout our weeks, um, which is work and then stop for a day and rest. Yeah, because right before right before Saturday, I'm glad you brought up Genesis because it reminds me that right before that, um, we are Genesis says we are created in the image of God. I mean that's yes. that's right before Sabbath, right? So if we are created in the image of a God who rests, then what does that say about our need for rest? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, so I've been reading a little bit about Sabbath. Um, recently. And so I went back and looked at one of those books and they, and the author had a great point. It's from the, the book that I'm going to, um, uh, pursue the practices more when I get to my sabbatical in uh, a little over a year. But he talks about when God creates, um, in Genesis chapter one, God blesses, God blesses three things. God blesses the animals to go and um, be fruitful and multiply. God blesses humans to do that. And God blesses the Sabbath. And so he's making the point that God blesses these three groups, animals, humans, and the Sabbath that are to be life-giving. Amen. That are to bring life into the world and into us. And so uh, I love that, that he equates, he, he, he puts, uh, sees that link um, uh, and that God kind of sets those three apart to be life-giving. So even at the beginning of Genesis, the writers are saying there is something very special about Sabbath. Um, yeah, what a great point that is for God to bless something like that. Yep. Uh, and so it's not a, it's not so much a strict requirement. It's a, it's a gift. It's an opportunity. Yep. It's, it's, you know, take this blessing and experience it. Yep. So we, we find it in Genesis. And then as you said, we find it in Exodus with the giving of the 10 commandments. Yep. Um, uh, where it is to be um, something that the Israelites who are now out of um, Egypt, remember, and then it comes back again in Deuteronomy. Uh, well, the Ten Commandments are repeated, right? In repeated again, yep. yep. Um, and we could, a, a link could be said of, it needs to be reinforced in Deuteronomy. Um, uh, I remember 
McLaren talking about um, the Israelites coming out of Egypt, that um, the the bigger work that needed to be done was to get slavery out of them. Mm. When he said that, um, and <clears throat> that that kind of way of life of constantly doing and going and going, um, that the wilderness, where when when the Hebrews wandered in the wilderness, was this time to get that way of life of being slaves and what a slave did that was worked constantly no time off um and so deuteronomy is this it could be read as this kind of reinforcing of you're coming out of this culture where it was just more and more always doing always producing always working um and that is not going to work that has what to a stop. great point to bring up yeah it, the slave's very identity yeah. is work. Yep. It's what you're good for. It's what you're supposed to do. Um, and if you're a slave and you're not working, then you're utterly worthless to yes. the masters. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's an issue of identity. I'm so glad you brought that up because um, I'd forgotten the way McLaren had so powerfully put that. Yep. Um, and so, it, again, it goes back to identity, right? Who we are, yep. whose we are. Like what really constitutes our identity and what God is saying without Sabbath, you will lose sight of who you really are. Yep. And how often that has happened to me. And we'll get to that in a little bit. We talk about our own practices, but yeah, you know, I can absolutely agree. Yeah. So we've talked about Genesis and then Exodus, Deuteronomy, and then we get into New Testament and Jesus where he talks Mm -hmm. about Sabbath. Um, What was that, Joel? Where we get into the New Testament and Jesus, where he talks about Sabbath. Oh, yeah. So I think first we could say that Jesus practiced Sabbath. He's, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's accused by religious, re, religious leaders of not practicing it in a specific way. So we can make that assumption that Sabbath was important to him as a first century Jew. Yeah. Um, but... In a couple of stories about Sabbath, he's accused by his religious leaders of not practicing it in such a way. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of different ways. Um, and you're right. Jesus, I mean, all, all the Gospels say uh, on the Sabbath, Jesus was in the synagogue or Jesus was teaching in the synagogue. Jesus was in the synagogue. He was in a house of worship on Sabbath regu- regularly in, in the Gospels. And then regularly also he was getting accused. He was getting accused of, of healing people on the Sabbath, yep. which was a, which was a no-no to the Pharisees. Um, uh, the Hebrew religious leaders who were most concerned with um, ritual and legalistic purity. Yep. Uh, and there's uh, this great story in Matthew where Jesus and uh, his disciples are in a field on the Sabbath and they take grain. Uh, from a neighbor's field and they rub it in their hands and then they eat it and they're accused of breaking Sabbath then just because they were eating because they were considered it was considered they were harvesting yeah. wheat yes. that day or the grain that day and that was I mean putting literally food in their mouths because yeah. they were being accused of breaking Sabbath which speaks to some of the debate that existed within Hebrew culture itself about what 
did and did not constitute keeping Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Um, Could you, in fact, harvest food on the Sabbath? Or did you have to do do that the other six days and then use what you'd already harvested on that seventh? Um, Was it actually a sin to heal or to help someone on the Sabbath? Yeah. Um, And Jesus just wasn't having any of that. He was saying, listen, whatever you do to build life, whether it's life for yourself or life for others, how can that possibly be against the intent of Sabbath? Yeah. He's got the great phrase where he says Sabbath um, uh, was not, or Sabbath was made for man or humans, not humans for the Sabbath. Yeah. So it is not this, um, it, the intent is, is that it's a gift from God to us, yep. not, not a rule or law, a simple law that just following the letter of the law seeks to fulfill it. Yep. Um, well said. Yeah. So Jesus absolutely observed Sabbath, but he did not observe Sabbath in a, in a legalistic or literalistic kind of way. Yep. Uh, he confronted that. And to be really blunt, that pissed people off left and right. Yeah. Because uh, it broke with their interpretation of tradition. Um, kind of like what Brian said when we were worshiping with him last Sunday about how, you know, the danger of tradition is that we treat it as an absolute mm-hmm. instead of understanding that tradition is more of a guide yeah. into a deeper understanding of what life is. Uh, and so there we see a really good example of the Pharisees treating something as an absolute, where Jesus is really trying to folks to a deeper understanding of what this tradition really is supposed to lead you into. Yep. That said, I think the Hebrew tradition has done a much better job of appreciating and lifting up Sabbath than the Christian tradition. We We have taken the Sabbath and we say, in the Christian tradition largely, yeah, it's a day for worship. Mm-hmm. And then we just go about our life, yep. continuing to ignore all the, and I'm painting with really big, broad brushstrokes here, but we tend to then go about our week as if that worship, that whether it's 30 or 60 or two, 60 minutes or two hours, whatever it is, that that has now constituted our Sabbath observance and whether we do it once a week or once a month or a few times a year that that yeah we've observed sabbath we've we've worshiped mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yep yeah that's really well said i'm almost jealous at times of our jewish brothers and sisters and how um and how they take on sabbath um uh i read a book called um subversive Sabbath uh, by a guy named A.J. Svoboda, and he described Jerusalem as the Sabbath was approaching and just the rush of people to get home on Friday night. Just you could feel this, but there was this kind of this anticipation of something life-giving was about to happen. So get home and get it started. Um, And uh, yeah. this, it's not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. You, you get to do. And, you, and and as you get, I think as you start practicing it more intently, 
uh, and I'm just starting that, but you want it, you desire it, because you know how much you need it. When you do get a taste of it um, and see what it does to you, uh, when you don't get it, uh, (laughs) your week gets just thrown up in the air. Yeah. Um, So there's a lot for us to learn from our Jewish brothers and sisters about about just just the power that comes from this practice. Amen. Yeah, and, and, and their whole tradition is 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 built in Sabbath keeping. Yep. Right? Even their even their festivals are are built around. I mean they're built to climax like Passover and Hanukkah and all these like they are built to climax in Sabbath. Yeah. And built around Sabbath traditions of being home and worshiping and, and and putting all the other distractions of life aside yep. so that you can remember, you can remember the story of your ancestors and you can remember what this means for you today. And you can look at yourself and your relationships and the life you are leading in, in, in that kind of perspective. Yeah. You just don't see unless you take the time to pause and remember and look. And and why I'm now I'm seeing the the power of it is that I'm I'm noticing more and you need to kind of take a step outside our culture a little bit, but notice just the um uh, the rampant uh hustle and bustle and never stop moving that is the norm. And you kind of don't realize this is how we operate in Western culture until you stop and realize, oh my gosh, I kind of never stop moving throughout my week. My day goes (laughs) from 6 or 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. until I finally kind of collapse on the couch. Um, uh, but I think so true. I'm now realizing and slowly getting a little taste of, um, no, this isn't how we're supposed to live. This isn't the rhythm that we are invited to, to kind of move into, um, yeah. uh, to stop, to, to actually have permission to stop and rest. And, um, I've heard it also another another way that the word Shabbat, which is where we get Sabbath, the Hebrew word Shabbat is translated. It's to stop, but it's also to delight mm. and to <clears throat> experience joy. Um, so as God stopped and rested <clears throat> on the seventh day after creating for six days, there also was this aspect of God delighting in what God had created, just experiencing um, the joy of what God had just done. And so, so there's this couple aspects of, of, of taking a Sabbath. There's to worship and then there's to, to stop, to stop, to worship and to do, to delight. Um, and so I wonder, um, 
to worship, Rob, what does it look, how do you understand to worship on your Sabbath day? Because this is kind of where I got hung up for many years. I almost thought I needed to be uber spiritual on my Sabbath day, right? I needed to be in all kinds of spiritual practices throughout most of the day. And I could do that for a little bit, but after a while it was like, (laughs) I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) I'm done, you know, I'm done. And so, um, uh, I think for me hearing, um, that Sabbath is about worship, it's almost about taking this day and, um, trying to orient myself towards God to see this as something that I am inviting God into in my rest and in my delight. And that is what makes it, and in my gratitude, I think, that's a huge part of it. Um, And that's what makes it worship to me. I still might have some time in the morning where I offer some spiritual practices or have something that I might do. But after that, I'm not, you know, it's, it doesn't look like Sunday morning to me where I'm singing or reading the Bible or praying. It's, it's a day of rest and finding things that bring me, that fill me up. Yeah. That the word you use it orientation, right? It's the way you orient yourself. I I love that word Uh, because I I couldn't agree more. Um, Sabbath, it, it will become, I mean, we're not, we're not all aesthetics. We're aesthetics. We're not, we're not all <laughs> called to a, a life of uber pious spiritual devotion. That's not what Sabbath says. No. It's about a reframing. Yep. So about, it's about a turning, you know, I, I, I'm reluctant, but I'm going to use it. The word repentance, right? Mm-hmm. We think of repentance as sinning and don't doing what you shouldn't do. But really, at its heart, repentance is about turning. It's about changing perspective. So I love the the word orient. That's that's the perfect word for it. It's 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 change. It's it's changing your orientation back yes. to seeing things you have and all that you have to be grateful for, um, all the gifts that you have for sharing, uh, the relationships. Um, that God calls you to tend to and, and recentering, you know, it go, I'm going to go back there. It's remembering who you really are, yep. who you really are. Orientation. That's a, it's a great word for it. Yeah. And to, to take time to do what fills you up, what brings you joy. Um, and, uh, acknowledge that, God is in the midst of it, but also that God is inviting you to do that. Like, I think the whole point of Sabbath is, and that it's a gift from God to us, is that God knows that we need to rest. Yep. We need to stop from, for one day, from the busyness and hecticness and rush of life and slow down. Yeah, and I'll be the first to admit that I suck at it. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, I'm getting better at it. Yeah, but I'm still not good at it. I'm still not comfortable with it because I will be the first one in the pulpit to preach. You know, we need rest. We need to reorient ourselves towards God. And yet, 
ingrained in us, having grown up in a Western culture like we have, we can't help. I mean, to pretend like we can is, is to lie to ourselves. We can't help but to live with an orientation of, of doing, of consuming and doing. It, it's the epitome of capitalism. And I'm not attacking capitalism as this horrible thing. But at the heart of capitalism is a growth mentality. It's, it's more, more, more. It is the it, Western culture that we've grown up in. It absolutely is. Yeah. And, and it, it, for example, it's why systemic racism is still so pervasive. It doesn't necessarily mean we're all individually uh, holding prejudice or racist views, but it means we have grown up in a system that has taught us these kind of eternal truths to what makes life life, right? Um, And you, the Sabbath is a confrontation of that. Yes. Direct confrontation that you are what you do. Yes. Birth is tied to your performance or that your worth is tied to what you have accomplished. It is a direct confrontation of kind of this, this false measuring stick that society has created that says, okay, this is who you should aspire to be. When the Sabbath says, no, this is who you already are. This is who you are, like it or not. And nothing you do over here is going to change who you are. Yeah. And thing by the way over here is going to change how much God loves you. That's that's well said and um the uh the great Presbyterian Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann would the phrase he would use to, to describe what you just said is sabbath is an act of resistance. Mm. Where we are saying no to the culture and the way of life that we <clears throat> have been brought up in the, the consumeristic mentality that is that yep. is the norm saying, no, that is not, that is not who we were created to be. Yeah. So just, just being very personal with it and transparent, it's something that I struggle with. Uh, and, and for two reasons, a, that, that kind of Western mentality, um, I very much pride myself on being a hard worker. Um, <laughs> in the beginning of my, of my pastoral career, I would even count hours that I worked to make sure that I was working hard enough and, and, and long enough for uh, the congregation. And um, it, it's interesting. I wasn't keeping hours to make sure I was maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. I was counting hours as just kind of like, a, mm, if I'm going to be a good pastor, then I need to make sure I do this and this and this and this and this. And, and it was, I, was, I was measuring worth, judging myself. Um, so that's part of it. The other, my other struggle with it, um, as I've shared before, is just with anxiety. Yeah. Uh, there, there's kind of, we've talked about it recently. There's kind of two approaches to anxiety and one is just kind of freezing and not doing anything. But, but one is, is doing, mm-hmm. you know, the way I will, when I'm anxious, what I look for is a project to do. I, if, if I know that there's something that needs to be done, I will say to myself, well, I'm not going to be able to relax until that's done. Yeah. So I was going to get up and go and do it. Yeah. I, I rationalize that there's no sense in me trying to rest until I've actually done that. So I kind of rationalize my way out of rest Yeah. when I'm tired. My wife accuses 
you know, she's really, I shouldn't use the word accuse. My, my wife is really good at reminding me about that. Like mm-hmm. you need to stop. You like, she'll say, Rob, you just need to stop. Nice. Yeah. Um, because I, I so easily rationalize my way out of rest with this idea of like, eh, I'm not really going to get any rest anyway, because I'm just going to be thinking about this and wondering how it's going to go or whatever the case yep. might be. Yep. Um, and, and so I will go and do, and, and that's actually, <laughs> and it's very, it's, it's not just hypocritical. The, 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 the problem is it's really ironic by refusing to teach myself how to rest when I'm anxious, actually reinforcing this whole system of anxiety as the only way not to be anxious do. Um, And so I can cognitively understand that. Yeah. Yeah. In my best moments, I can actually say, you know what? No, I am going to set that aside. But that takes such emotional and cognitive awareness that I don't always have it. Yeah. So there's a lot of times I just get up and I just go and do and do and do. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, I'm in it, I'm doing, and I haven't rested. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've, I've done the exact opposite of what Sabbath is supposed to teach us. Yeah. That's, that you don't need to do. That's you, to find rest you don't need to do um to to be at peace and still with the blessings god has given you that you can see that cycle going in you is is uh excellent uh for me i feel like i have taken some healthy steps towards actually practicing sabbath but then feel like i have so far to go still um uh, and not that you ever, like we've talked about with spiritual practices, you never arrive. You never like, I got this. You're always working towards it. You know, like for me, it's been, it's been a huge step to not come in on Friday, my day off just for a little bit. Uh, my first couple years here at TPC, I was still doing that. I come in, well, I just want to get this done. It's easier. If, it's easiest if I just do it at the office. I'm going to come in. And there went a half day quickly, just went like that. So uh, that's been good. Um, and then I've occasionally, so I've, I've been able to keep uh, work away from my day off pretty well. Here's where I'm still struggling is my day can still on Friday be filled up with a to-do list of all these things I got to get done. And I'm in this place in my life where um, a home, two small kids, I've got things got to get done and I still need to incorporate them a little bit, but I can still find my heart is beating and my sense of, of doing hasn't really changed that much. Like it's been a good step that I am not, uh, I'm giving, uh, work a break for a day, but I'm still pretty busy. And I'm also, and I'm finding, I'm also looking for things to do because I don't, I'm still very uncomfortable with resting because it's, it's what I, I kind of move pretty quickly through the rest of my week. So I heard this quote recently 
from Eugene Peterson, great Presbyterian pastor, author of many books. And uh, he calls what I just described, he calls it a bastard Sabbath. You're still taking a day off, but you're not really resting at all. <clears throat> you're still as busy as you ever were. And so that's what I'm, I'm at that point of, okay, what does it look like for me to now intent, intentionally take a day that fills me <clears throat> not with checking off things on my to-do list, but a day that fills me with the, with joy, a day that I look forward to where I just stop and rest and delight. And that is still ugh, a work in progress for me. I feel like I'm still – because I'm, I'm having trouble letting myself let go and go there. It's really hard. So I'm, I'm benefiting from – from the resting, I still have moments where I think I do kind of start to get there a little bit, and you get to <laughs> the end of the day, and you've kind of tasted it a little bit, but oh, this was good, and you want more, you want more, which I think is is, yeah. is fascinating because I still I love what I do, I love being a pastor. We both love being pastors, love working for, love serving at TPC. Um, yet you get a little taste of that rest and you go, Ooh, I needed this. I needed this. So I still see myself as, um, a long way to go. And I think next for me is trying to get in more of a rhythm of slowing down a little bit throughout the week, not rushing so much that, which is makes up my life a little bit. I think to practice Sabbath on that day off, you got to slow down a little bit throughout the week so you can actually settle in on that day. And so, yeah, so well said it. And that reminds me that, you know, Sabbath doesn't have to be, I mean, in the scriptural old Testament, uh, version, it, it is located on one day because we need a whole day of rest. Right. But that also doesn't mean for lack of a phrase, I would call them that there aren't other Sabbath moments yeah. that we can, Eve, right? Yes. I mean, Sabbath, sat, there can be Sabbath within every single day. Absolutely. Yep. Good point. Days, moments where we pause um, and refocus and recenter ourselves. Um, and uh, that is, I think you you really touched a really important point there. That That is also crucial to beginning to really learn um what Sabbath keeping is really ultimately all about. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and I'm, that's the part that is becoming helpful for me in my own Sabbath keeping. Um, and, and as you alluded to, like Sundays, the traditional Sabbath and the Christian tradition. As pastors, we really don't get that. I mean, Sundays have worshipful moments in them, certainly, but, but it is not a day of rest or the staff of a church. It's just, yep. it's just not, it's, it's a wonderful day. And we said this actually in a previous podcast, it's, it's one of the, one of the highlights of our week is the opportunity to be with the people in the congregation and to share and worship together, but to pretend that that's actually in any way, shape or form rest uh, is just an illusion for us. But um, so those moments that I'm, that I'm, 
that I'm taking throughout the week are becoming more and more important. And I'm beginning, and it's by focusing on those moments that I've begun to be able to really for, I would say the first time in my, at least in my adult life, where I've really begun to be able to give myself permission on Sundays after worship, once I'm home, whenever that is, right? Whenever that time is. Because when you're at church, no, that's, you just ain't going to find it. But when you're home, be like, okay, it's, it's time for a, it's time for a shift. It's time for a reorientation. Uh, But even then it doesn't have to be on Sundays. That's the day I'm kind of identifying Sunday afternoons and evenings. Uh, You do Friday so well. Um, I love your tagline in your emails that say, I'm not checking email today because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm taking Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And I remember a, a, a pastoral colleague um, who shared a great example where he and his wife take Fridays also as a Sabbath. And the way they do it is it's it's they are not doing anything, including chores in the house. Um, they may cook a meal, but they're not going to do the dishes until they wake up on Saturday morning. Wow. Um, and it is, it is a day of relationship and, and refocus and recentering. Uh, and he is, um, he, when he explained that to me, I, I was just kind of in awe because Friday I'm sitting there working on my sermon still and doing a million other things. Things and the whole idea of not doing anything is just like holy Toledo. I know, I know, I know. But to pastor he was, he's pastor of a tall steeple church. Yeah, deeply uh, admired and respected. I mean, does amazing work. But here's 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 the point. One of the reasons he's able to do such amazing work is because he's living the practices. Matt, and you just nailed it. Yep, you just nailed it. Yep. That will sustain you. The goal of Sabbath is it's going to sustain you for the rest of your week. When we yeah. have those, when we have those weeks where, and it happens sometimes, uh, where you go seven days, nine days in a row. Man, you, I, I'm just running on fumes. Um, there is not much that I can give at that point, and that's when I need to attend. Oh, I need to take the next day off and rest. Yeah, because um, I got nothing left in the tank for anyone. Yeah, um, I love that picture of not even doing the dishes. That would be so hard for me <laughs> to do. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I and this is also this like I'm pretty. I try and keep things organized uh, and clean, and like we have these hardwood floors, and like Kim was like, "Will you stop?" sweeping the floors and but i can't help it. <laughs> but like for me not to like this is what i'm talking about how how challenging this is to to, yeah. to to let yourself go and and that picture you described of your pastor friend was amazing um who are saying yep yeah, it can wait tomorrow is coming we'll do the dishes tomorrow morning and enjoy the meal enjoy the glass of wine they have the meal and just let everything just just go. It's a great image. And I share that because yeah. this is how how challenging this is. Um, yeah. Uh, but also and, how life-giving it can be, you know? Yeah. And, and I would imagine that for a lot of folks right now with COVID-19, you know, we're feeling that discomfort in incredibly 
profound ways right now. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are used to going nonstop have been forced, yep. like, literally forced, mm-hmm. at home and pause. Maybe you're tele, telecommuting, um, or maybe may, I want to tag something really quick. The healthcare workers and, and people like like the the essential workers doing essential business may not have truly the time to do Sabbath, but I would say that they are doing that life's work that Jesus confronts the Pharisees with. That they, you know, when you bring life to others, yeah, that also is still very worthwhile. So I don't want to say that the essential workers right now who are working seven days a week. I mean, God bless them for doing it. Absolutely. Um. I'm not accusing them of, if anything, they're, they're epitomizing that example Jesus said of, of, of what is life-giving on the Sabbath. Um, but for those of us who aren't essential workers and those of us who are really unsure of what the heck to do with ourselves, you know, this, this whole idea of, of recentering and reframing and, and, and understanding anew yep. the priorities that really make up for life. Yes. This is an opportunity um, for us to take a day intentionally and not just a day off from work, but to explore what it looks like to actually rest, to stop, to worship and to delight. And so a question that I, uh, have occasionally kind of, um, asked myself when I got to, to my day off is what, what today will bring me rest and what will bring me joy? Um, and uh, and I've just started to ask that question. I haven't really answered it well yet, but it's, it's uh, a little carrot I'm going to try and follow. Um, what a great question, though. Wow. What will bring me rest and what will bring me joy? Yep. What will fill my soul today? Um, and so um, I think that's pretty good for now. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, well for joining us. Um, and uh, we encourage you to keep exploring exploring the spiritual practice of Sabbath. Um, it is a life-giving opportunity. Um, and you can see your two pastors are – we're – we are exploring it from the beginning ourselves. My gosh. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you friends for joining us. Uh, whether you're joining us on the live stream or listening on the podcast or watching the re- recorded uh, podcast, we're really grateful uh, and honored that you're with us. If you like, um, like to this, we, we invite you to like um, our Facebook page, if that's where you're watching it, and give it a share so that uh, others can explore this alongside of us. Um, we want to continue reaching out as Towson Presbyterian Church and to the greater community to offer um, things that our community um, might really be open to uh, receiving right now. And all also continue to uh, join us on Sundays at 10. We have our worship services that are live-streamed um, our podcasts are Monday and Wednesdays at one. Jeunesse offers family faith formation at home for families on Tuesdays and Thursdays at one. Joel and I practice a spiritual practice Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And as always, our website, TowsonPres.org, 
is filled with opportunities and explorations, including our Faith at Home page uh, for opportunities to dig into as you explore your Sabbath. Yep, we look forward to being with you on Sunday, and we'll tell you about what's coming up uh, next week throughout Holy Week. We will still be gathering remotely a couple times as we lead up to Easter. We'll tell you about that on Sunday. And until then, we will look forward to being with you remotely. Have a great rest of the day, everybody.